Hello and welcome to another Highlights episode uh, from this year. This one is not from all that far ago. Uh, this one is episode 11 of the Wonder Women series originally with the Laura Kampf from Germany. Uh, extraordinary, extraordinary maker, videographer, YouTuber, content creator, podcaster, pretty much everything. Um, so I knew this was probably one that was going to hit the highlights, uh, even though again, it hasn't been all that long since the original episode aired, but still there's a lot of important things that we talked about and covered, uh, about being women, about being queer women in the makerspace. Um, and so I just had a lot of fun. Plus she's one, definitely one of those people that I feel like is a is a hero in the community as far as uh women makers goes uh so this is definitely one of my top uh moments kind of pinch me moments of like oh my gosh I'm actually getting to chat with Laura uh but I had a great time and I think uh based on the feedback when this originally aired I know that there's a lot of good content here that all of you will enjoy if you haven't already listened to the original one. Uh, before we pop into the episode though with Laura, I want to give a big shout out and thanks to the patrons over on Patreon. So thank you so much. Christy, Twisted Twine, Christina B, Jeremy Spies, Sammy, Go Sammy Lee, Lauren, Rasp File Designs, Sven, uh, Dwarf Size Workshop, Rachel, Moody Makes, Bonnie, Tool Mom Bonnie, ToolMomStore.com, Laura, Oakley Soap Company, Mary Lou, Made by Mary Lou, Amy, Bison Valley Carving, Dan and Kelly, Reclaimed Living Store, Brandy, Studio Obey, Kathy, One Girl and Her Tools, Ellen, Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so very much helping me to produce uh, two episodes a week, every week, every month. All right, with no further ado, here is Laura Kempf. Well, I'm sure probably everybody who listens slash watches my podcast knows who you are, but I have my guests introduce themselves, so mm-hmm. I'll let you do your own introduction. All right. Are we, are we rolling already? Is this... We are. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, my name is Laura Kempf. I'm from Germany in Cologne. And I've been building stuff. Well, I started late, actually. So maybe with 27 or something, I started building things. And um, yeah, it just happened during my design school that I was tired of just figuring it out on a computer screen. And I wanted to do it properly. 
and then it it everything fell into 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 place basically so when i picked up my tools or the first tools i felt super familiar with it and it felt like this is the language that i understand much more than trying to tell my computer program no i want this edge to be round don't you understand <laughs> <laughs> this is how i got started making things um and i just kept doing it and i eventually finished my design school and then I had my first jobs and I was super frustrated because I kept hearing that I am <laughs> over motivated and that I should, you know, calm down and take it slow. Your job will still be here tomorrow. And I hated that. And eventually I realized if, if people think I'm over motivated, I should probably work for myself. And that's how I got self-employed. Um, my plan was originally to build and sell furniture which is very tricky to do in germany and then i just slipped into the whole youtube thing because, <laughs> because that's actually where i learned everything and where i got my inspiration and where my heroes were like jimmy DeResta and and all these guys um yeah and then i and then i started making a video and then another one and then another one and i really liked it and that's i'm still doing it now i think it's four five years later i don't even know <laughs> yeah that's, that's awesome did yeah. you so design school were you going for um like like industrial design furniture design that type of stuff it's called communications design and okay. it's more more about photography illustration video ver Ooh. works all these things yeah it's a okay. very very broad um design study i it's it's usually people do it to go to get into commercials and advertising and all these things um yeah it's it's a broader graphic design with a communications background so you understand how to tell stories and to sell mm -hmm. well not sell products but to explain visually what things are about basically gotcha gotcha <laughs> yeah. yeah that's awesome um let's go back a little bit i want to learn a little bit more about like your childhood i would assume you grew up in germany um, yeah <laughs> but what was it, what were you kind of interested in as a kid i think i was all over the place um i was always very interested in things but never had a, a big stamina to see th things through so <laughs> i was very interested and very quick to be bored with stuff and <laughs> for the longest time i thought that was like my biggest flaw that i cannot focus on one thing that i yeah i want to play guitar no i want to play the drums no no i want to sing i want to ride a horse i want to play football i want all these things and yeah my father always kept telling me like you have to like eventually you will have to pick one thing because you need to have this one thing that you can get good at otherwise like you will never have anything that you're good at if you you know continue quitting everything um but now i <laughs> now i kind of still do that i um and i think the 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 perspective for me is Yes, I get bored very easily um, and I and I quit things, but I pick them up a lot later if they come. If I need them again, I will pick them up again. And then all the things I learned about it, they're still handy. They're not lost. It's like riding a bicycle. So I think I'm just very quick to jump between disciplines and interests and music styles and all these things. But I never completely leave where I was before. Um, mm -hmm. And it just, I mean, that's that's the... It took time to understand that about myself, that this is not a 
flaw that's actually a pretty cool asset you know mm -hmm. and i think that's pretty like descriptive of most people who consider themselves a maker too like mm -hmm. especially because you you start thinking about the next project while you're still working on this project and you get so excited about you mm -hmm. know whether it's learning a new thing or building a new thing or whatever that is yeah um yeah i think and i know a lot of makers too who have like you know attention def attention deficit disorder and stuff mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i think it is an asset in this field like it allows you to kind of bounce around but still like you said be able to pick something back up you know later exactly on. it's it's just a matter of like seeing i'm seeing the 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 big picture i'm seeing that through i i know what i want and i know i know what i like and i know how i want to live my life and all these things but a lot of people have a tendency to zoom in so far that it's it it completely gets out of proportion and out of perspective mm -hmm. and i always like to see the big picture and it's really cool i actually talked about this um this week with a friend of mine I've been building so many things and so many projects, especially since I started YouTube. I build something every week. At least I make a video every week, but I like there's so many more projects on the side that I don't even record. I build so much stuff. And only now I start to understand my own handwriting because I skip all these disciplines, all these materials and all these different products <laughs> that it just takes years to understand. Oh, you know what? I think I really like plywood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. When you were a kid kind of, you know, bouncing around, was there anybody in your life that was, that showed you like that what you do now was even a possibility like was no. that even not out there anywhere right? no no <laughs> i don't but i mean to be fair this job didn't exist mm -hmm. 10 years ago you know this is this is super new i guess if if i didn't have youtube i would be you know, people would call me a crazy person living amongst junk and, you know, probably like a crazy inventor or something. That, that would probably be my title. <laughs> but, but I'm just fortunate that that social media and YouTube is there. Mm -hmm. It's just really good timing. Because um, in Germany, I, I like building stuff. I don't like selling things. But in Germany, it's very tricky. You can't sell whatever you like like um you have to be well the the crafts are so important that they are very very protected so in order for me to build a chair and sell it or to build a lamp and sell it i have to be a master electrician because if you set your house on fire i will be responsible for that and uh it, it, that's a very short explanation for a very very complicated topic but even just thinking about that made me not want to get into it at all. I didn't want to, yes, there are loopholes. Yes, there are ways around it. I don't care. I do not want to lose my sleep about these things. I just want to build stuff. And I am not necessarily interested in having my products be perfect or I have this idea for a chair. It's terribly uncomfortable. That's fine. I just wanted to see, <laughs> I just wanted to see if I could do it, you know, and the right. next chair will be better. Not, I will not build the next chair tomorrow, probably in two years. But then I have this learning from, oh, yeah, it's not a good idea to have the backrest so low and all these things. You know, mm -hmm. I don't want a customer to be in the way. I don't want reliability be in the way or just the, the pressure of everything 
having to be perfect you know mm -hmm. consumers are so weird because the whole the the market is so weird you know right and yeah how can you compete with all these choices and the prices and all that stuff i don't, I don't even want to get get mm -hmm. in that field <laughs> yeah in the u.s like it's not necessarily like your example with the lamp to be an electrician that's not necessarily the case but i can tell you as somebody who uh like i i make furniture and uh more artistic pieces mm -hmm. but um i can't get insurance for mm -hmm. my company mm -hmm. because nobody wants to insure a, a furniture making company because there's high liability in it yeah you Is are that... much you are much braver than me then <laughs> <laughs> i applaud you for doing that <laughs> Uh, however, you're probably much more successful financially than I am. So <laughs> you probably went the better route. Um, how did you, I mean, did you discover kind of the whole YouTube thing? Because like you mentioned, like Jimmy Dresta, like were you already like following along with him on YouTube and um, others, you know, in the space or like what, what got your attention about like, this is something I could do? It took me super long to find the community aspect in YouTube. It, for me, it was more like Googling stuff. I remember I was um, when back when before streaming stuff, when you have to BitTorrent things if you wanted to see them. <laughs> I stumbled over a show called uh, Trash to Cash or what, what was the Jimmy DeResta? I think it was Trash yeah, to Cash. Yeah. And it was just a title. I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. I just started building stuff and getting into it. So I downloaded that and I was like, oh, wow, that guy is so cool. But it took me years to understand like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I Googled something and then I came across this YouTube video and there was this other guy who was really cool. And then eventually like, oh, is that the same guy? Yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it fell into place very, very slow. And I, I actually have a moment... Um, when I was in my first job and I wanted to, I started the blog to write about the things mm -hmm. that I built. Um, and I wanted to pick a name for the blog. And I was actually looking up cool names and I had like Dios X Machina, but oh shit, that's a motorcycle brand. I can't use that. <laughs> I tried all these different things. I tried, I like to make stuff like, oh man, that's taken too. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> and then years later I met Bob and it, I don't know. It's just so funny. I, there were so many opportunities for me to, to get in contact with the community, but I never did. I always like <laughs> scratched it and then went another way. But yeah, I was just comfortable with YouTube as a learning platform. And then once I realized, oh, that's the same people. And then it was, it really was Jimmy and thinking like, oh, that's the guy from the show. Oh no, he has a channel. And then I realized that you could subscribe and that he does like regular content. And then I researched a little bit and they just started the making it podcast. I think it was like the second episode when I, when I started listening to it and it was religious for me. I listened to that podcast over and over and over until the next episode came and I listened to that episode over and over because it was right in the time where I quit my job and I decided to be self-employed and all these topics were exactly exactly what interests me and it was just it was so good I had this teeny tiny cheap mp3 player where you can yeah. download 
stuff to it. And then I only had making it episodes on it and I would listen it and listen to it in my shop. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> That's how I realized, okay, so there's not a production company behind all these makers. They do it by themselves. Maybe I should do this. I actually have a background in TV. Like, why am I not doing this? Right. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's how I, uh, yeah, that's how I ended up making my first video. Nice. Nice. So, okay. So that's how you kind of got started making your first YouTube. And yeah, it is interesting. I mean, when you explained what your design degree was about, it's like a natural fit, right? <laughs> of making <laughs> storytelling. Um, and like I said, I mean, I've, I've been watching your videos for a while, but there was, how long did you go with uh, not doing any speaking during, uh, during the video process? Um, I eventually started making vlogs, um, but I, did, I didn't really like it that much. It was actually, I think it was, um, I don't even know why that happened, but YouTube um, asked me if I wanted to explore. Oh no, that was live streaming. Sorry, I, I missed that. I mixed that up. Mm -hmm. No, I, I started doing vlogs. Um, I don't know why. I watched a lot of Casey Neistat and I like the style and I do still feel that parts of what I think is very, very interesting about building stuff is not reflected in the videos. Um, probably the stuff that I enjoy the most, like the figuring out and having the idea and running through the shop like a crazy person, like, I think I have uh, this thing somewhere here. Where is it? Where is it? And I never managed to capture that. I think my uh, vlogs were um, an attempt at a bit behind the scenes and also to demystify all of this because I remembered that I, I didn't, like, I thought every YouTuber is a freaking superstar and I, yes. and that is out of reach, you know? And I think that was, um, that was a cool, cool thing to show like, no, it's, it's, not, it's, there's no superstars. It's just regular people doing regular stuff, failing, struggling. Cry I never cried in a vlog, but I do cry in the shop. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, un but I understand that. <laughs> um, yeah, but, I don't know. Talking to camera is, is weird still. I don't, I don't think it's my natural way to tell a story. I much rather just show it with pictures. So I stopped doing the vlogs and I started doing the live streams, which is also super weird, but it's more like a monologue and I get a little bit of feedback. I get the comments and there's a little bit of interaction versus me. Like I make a 10 minute video and I don't even know if anybody's interested in this. So it, it feels weird. <laughs> Um, I watched your whole tiny house series. Oh, and so, yeah. which I thought was really cool. Um, I've been, it, it won't happen for years, but that is on, it's been on my kind of bucket list for yeah. a really long time that that's something either that or like a bus conversion, something along that line mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that I really want to do. Um, but I appreciated that you did kind of step in at parts during yeah. that series to like, do a little bit more explaining yeah um, was it just because you felt like the project was so big you needed to add that yeah it's much much quicker I think people think it's easier to not talk um but it's so much more work to explain something visually than to just say you just cut it in half you know <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> um so with these projects 
also if it's stuff that I that I have to do research myself where I'm not very comfortable with I, I, I had to look this up. I don't even know how insulation worked until I started this project. And what I found out is that you have to watch out for these things. That's that's um, easier for me to to speak about. Yeah. So sometimes talking talking. Um, I never like it. Sometimes I feel it's necessary. Also with my, with the tiny camper that I'm building on and off. Uh, right now, it, there are so many things that I just can't explain visually and. Yeah, it's stuff that I just recently learned. So I think it, it, it feels good to share it. And that's another thing like the, the behind, the, the, behind the, the, the scenes, why I chose aluminum, because it reminds me of a Remoa suitcase. And it's all about nostalgia, basically, which, by the way, because I, I was so motivated about this project. And now the last couple of weeks, I'm like, oh, no, no, the camper. <laughs> oh, I actually, <laughs> I had the, the owner of Festival. She's, she's a woman, which is super really? awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I, I had her over two weeks ago or three weeks ago. And I asked her, like, do you want to set the camper on fire? And we just make a video about that. <laughs> this, would be, this would be a viral video if it says, like, Festival owner sets <laughs> camper on fire. <laughs> but um yeah i just i completely lost interest and now because i took a couple of days off and i stepped away from it i know why because the whole project for me was to channel my excitement yes it's spring camping mm -hmm. season is about to start oh my god and then building this camper made me gave me hours and days and weeks of time where I can just dream about camping and how would I do it and how would I build the kitchen and how do I want it to look and then camping season came it was summer and I want to go camping I don't want to build a camper <laughs> so yeah I that finally, makes total sense yeah <laughs> yeah I finally understood why I lost interest and I think that's that's cool because the summer will be over in a couple of weeks and then I have a reason to think about living outside, <laughs> sleeping outside, cooking outside, all these things when I finish the camper. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, so I have, to, I have to go back and ask more about the owner of Festival being a woman. Um, <laughs> and the reason is, is because we've actually, I've talked with other makers on this podcast specifically about Festool, and we were talking about like, how if you go through the catalogs or through their Instagram account. No girls. Like, no girls. <laughs> no girls. <laughs> I know. I know. And she she knows too. And I um man, I can tell you it is it is very, very difficult. Um the thing is like I never I always thought the whole feminist approach it's all like it's not necessary like if you want to do it just do it you know don't let anybody tell you blah 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 until i started my own business <laughs> and until until i you know grew up and i i think i was always very naive and thought if people are assholes to me it's because they're assholes it's not because i'm a girl but then comes a point where you realize, oh man, he's really nice to my friend. You know, he's, what is going on? And it was, right. it was a shock to me. And the whole male dominated industry, which we are in, it is so, so difficult to change it. It has, it, it has to happen. Like we have to make changes because it's 
not going in a good direction. But it's very difficult because my um, experience is whenever I talk about these things, like why, why is that? Like, why am I not taken serious? Why is it that if I have a good idea that I want to push through, I'm a diva. But if the, my male colleague has a good idea, he gets paid double the amount. Like, why is that happening? And the conversation always gets shut up with, oh, yeah, I mean, she's very emotional and that's her thing. And she's an artist and that's how she is. And I think, no, you know what? You guys are emotional because I'm trying to see this from a, like I have the overview and I'm just pointing out the facts <laughs> and you're being emotional, but because you're afraid that I'm taking anything from you, I don't want your sh shit, you know? <laughs> Oh my God. No, I, I know. On a, on a topic there. <laughs> no, but <laughs> I mean, I appreciate you going, go, going that far with it. Cause I mean, another, another reason specifically, and I'm not trying, I'm really not trying to pick like on Fez tool mm -hmm. uh, specifically, but I also had a conversation around the fact of no people of color mm, being, mm -hmm. um, part of that catalog in fact when you go through their instagram feed the only woman that is on there happens to also be a woman of color oh, um so they they did they tried to do like ah, oh, let's do it once and then just cover yeah, all of it i and guess she's so. in a wheelchair as well Can she <laughs> <try>? <laughs> yeah so um and that's who i actually happened to have on the podcast her name is alma okay um, she was on Alma we were, from uh, yeah. Pink Soul. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> she is. <laughs> um, but and we were talking about she was on a podcast where we were talking about people of color in the makerspace mm -hmm. and how a light needs to be shine, you know, shown on more of them because there are more people of color who are yeah. makers for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but we got on the topic about Fest Tool specifically, or really. A lot of the tool brands, you know, there's still a lot of their publications mm -hmm. still tend to show like the sexy model holding yeah, yeah. like the tool <laughs> versus someone actually using it. It's um, a nightmare. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I, I have obviously very big issues with that. Um, and I try to, I try to make a change. Um, and I think the only way to change that is to be visible and to be good, you know, mm -hmm. to, 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 to show what we can do. Like we all have to stick together. We all have to elevate each other. And then there has like the conversation with these companies. Sometimes I feel like they, they don't really know, you know, they don't know. Mm -hmm. They don't even know that that's an issue. Just like I, I'm not as sensitive as there are no colored people uh, or people of color in the catalog. I'm not as sensitive to that because right. I might, right? right? I noticed there are no girls. So those people making decisions, even though the owner is a really awesome woman, there are so many, so many <laughs> men there who don't have a clue that this is something that is relevant because they right. see themselves represented. They don't know where the issue is. Like, it's cool. Like, right. cool pictures. Cool, cool, cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm super excited for this week's sponsor. This week's sponsor is Tool Mom Bonnie or Tool Mom and Company. 
So Tool Mom and Company is for all ages, genders. Uh, they have what you need for your one-stop tool-related merchandise of gifts or clothing or both. Um, her products are fun, fashionable, one-of-a-kind. And you can check her out at www.toolmomstore.com or find her on Instagram under Tool Mom Bonnie and Bonnie's B-O-N-N-I-E. Uh, you can receive an extra 20% off at checkout by using the coupon code MAKERMOM. So I have two of her mugs. I have one that says, I believe, what is it? Oh my gosh. Um, <clears throat> one is like the definition of a tool woman and the other one is just like a circular saw with flames coming off of it. And I believe it says uh, Go Girl on it and they're super fun mugs. I, w I love drinking coffee out of them in the morning. If it's not out of my Wonder Woman mug, it is out of one of those two mugs. So you definitely should at least check out the mugs if nothing else. And remember, extra 20% off at checkout by using the code MAKERMOM. All right, thank you Tool Mom Bonnie. And let's get back to the episode. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, and I've... I've said this before on the podcast, uh, so I apologize to those who listen to my podcast and have heard this before, but I've had, you know, I've heard men, especially in another podcast, talk about what's the big deal? Why do you even have to say you're a woman maker? Like, we don't make things with our genitals. I'm like, exactly. <laughs> we don't make things with our genitals. However, I need to be visible so yeah. that the little girl who happens to stumble across yes. my YouTube channel can understand that she can do this. Yes. Like that there's no barrier to her to be able to do this. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's all about representation and visibility. And I can understand that somebody who is very well represented never thought about that. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, when you like, at what point did you kind of, like you said, you know, you've, you've met Bob and, You've met Jimmy too, I would assume. I think yeah, I've seen yeah, a picture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, when did you get that chance to like really kind of tap into the community of the maker community? The one thing that's very, very cool about the maker community is that they love the underdogs. You know, I think it's very easy to get into it if you show what you do and if you show, you know, interest in what other people mm -hmm. are doing. Um, the community loves to discover new people or new talent or a new style or anything. So I think my most successful time emotionally were the first couple, first, I don't know, one and a half years on YouTube. When I went to a fair, like people would wear my shirts everywhere and ask for stickers. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's really awesome. I love that about the community. And then it's time, you know, for, for new people, the new newcomers, the new underdogs. Right, and then, right. And then you kind of retire from, from that status and then you move on, which, and then, and then there's the Jimmy status, which is the godfather and you will never reach that. So that's the pyramid <laughs> of the maker community. Um, so it's very, very welcoming and easy to, to get a foot in the door. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I think the, the one thing that the maker community doesn't like is empty words, you know? Oh yeah, I really want to do this. I really want to do that. And you never do anything it's not so interesting but if right. you if you keep your word and if you sh show up and do the work and you know show your projects because everybody who makes stuff knows how difficult or how hard it can be 
to show your projects. It's every time when I upload a video still, it feels like I'm standing naked on a table and people are there to, to, to judge my ideas, you know, and to right. judge my craftsmanship. That will, it's always exciting. And the people un understand that and they appreciate the effort and the, they appreciate the, sorry, now my, my dog no, is barking. That's okay. <laughs> um, they appreciate the effort so it's very easy i if you anybody who listens thinks about you know doing something something do it do it do it do it it will you will not regret this smudo is jetzt mal gut ja geh mal hier hundebett yeah he's been he's been outside all day and he's yeah hey schlusset Okay, so I want to merge kind of the two conversations then. Like when you started meeting, you know, some of these people you really admired in the making space. Um, I mean, I've I've met Bob and, and Jimmy as well and stuff, and they're, you know, super nice and super friendly and open to having conversations and talking about ideas and stuff. Did you ever have this conversation though about kind of like the representation in the space? No, no, actually not. I have the, I have this conversation um, or had this plenty of times with uh, Simone, Simone Yetch. Um, and she's one of the people who made me super aware of all of these things, because as I said before, like I was uh, very naive for a long time thinking, oh, that's just assholes, but you know, yeah. Um, am I allowed to swear so much? I usually don't yes, swear so much. Yes. I don't know no, what's no, wrong. No, 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 no. You're you're okay. On these, uh, on my regular, um, on not my regular, but I have two episodes a week. I have this Wonder Women episode, you know, where I interview uh, women such as yourself, um, who may or may not be uh, mothers, uh, and I kind of let it all go out the window then. I feel like, you know, uh, <laughs> we're more grown-ups, and I put explicit on these, uh, <laughs> on these ones, uh, but usually the, the mom interviews, we tend to kind of dial it back a notch just because usually they have kiddos who want to listen to their interview and all that good stuff. Okay. But anyways, yes, cool. you can swear. It's no problem. Great, great. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I didn't have the conversation a lot. I a couple of years ago, was it two years ago? One one year ago, I don't even know. I and I don't want to be too specific because I don't want to, you know. But I was working with a sponsor, and it was great. We were getting along perfectly, and then it was time to renew my contract. It's usually I make contracts for a year, and then you know you see what's up, and hopefully increase the fee and all these things. Mm. And then a friend of mine was like, yeah, I signed with them too. It's like, oh, fantastic, cool. And we all talk about the prices. And yeah. I think that's important because, you know, mm -hmm. we're friends. We should, keep this, we should keep this an open conversation and not about um, competition. And, oh, yeah, I, I tricked them. And, I, you know, I make more money than, uh, I'm not interested right. in that. I'm all for transparency. So my friend told me like, oh, yeah, I make this much. And I was like, that is double from what I make. And that is double. So I, I was like, all right, cool. I mean, good for, good for him. Yeah. I yeah. now know what to ask for in my negotiation. And I got into the negotiation. I was like, I mean, we don't have to talk about this because I know what he's making. And like, this should be the, like, I want to ask for more, but I was right. being nice. Like, I want to ask for more than that because it's my second year, but I don't want competition with, with him. So let's just mm -hmm. keep it even that's fine with me. 
And they were like, eh, probably not, probably not. And I was like, all right, probably not. <laughs> Fuck you. And then, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I went to a different company, which is way better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad you guys do talk pricing. Um, yeah. But, I mean, uh, it can be a touchy subject. Yeah, right? yeah it, can, it can be, especially <laughs> if, if stuff like that comes up, you know, but to make a point that I told the company, I was very happy with your product. I love everything about it. But do you realize what you are doing there? Do you understand what is happening? And like, oh, I mean, to be honest, we didn't think about it. And he was like so good at negotiating. It's like, yes, I understand. But you know my product, you know? <laughs> I, I don't think like I have to, I, I, it shouldn't be about negotiation. It should be about delivery, you know? Mm -hmm. I hate, I always hated that in design school as well. You know, people just like talking their way, their way through and being so convincing that, like, oh yeah, it's really good. It's actually really good. No, it's not. Look at the, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, but that, that even brings up an interesting point. Uh, that's actually more direct than I've ever, <laughs> than I've ever gotten in my podcast. I appreciate that <laughs> because almost every woman I talk to says that they want to let their work speak for itself right yes. but that's why they're worth xyz because mm -hmm. their work is so good and i appreciate that but every time i get that answer what i think in the back of my head is i don't think that's the way the men think it's, i think the men think i will try to get as much as i can get and then mm -hmm. whatever it is i'm clearly worth it like yes, i don't think yes. they ever questioned their worth no, 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 absolutely not. And that's, the, that's another thing. Like, I think women have a much more tendency to be imposters. Um, I'm mm -hmm. a big imposter. And I love that. I love that because I think that brings a very, very high sensibility to my view on my own work that I rather question it than to be like, oh man, I mean, I've been successful on YouTube for many, many years, so this is good, you know? I'd rather doubt myself. I'd rather right. double check my work and think like, oh my God, I think this video is shit. Like I need to, I need to work on this more. I think that's very important. I love my imposter syndrome. It just keeps me in check. I mean, I emotionally, it, it sometimes breaks me, but I'd rather have it this way than, you know, I'm clearly mm -hmm. worth it. Everybody knows this. <laughs> I mean, the, the problem is the, it's like men talking to men, right? Mm -hmm. And then my experience, and I don't know why that is, is that sometimes if, if women make it in that world, they get so hard and so tough that mm -hmm. they adapt these things and they adapt the same behavior. And I think that is where, that is where we need to make change is that we right. stick together, not as a hysteria, hysteria. I don't know, I'm missing the word yeah. like divas, yeah. like we demand yeah. blah, blah, but just yeah. like, you need to get the system from the inside. We need to stick together in the inside. Like we need, Oh, there's a lady in a power position. There's a lady in a power position. That is fantastic. Let's make sure. Right they feel good. Like, let's make sure that we support each other. Um, right. And I've met many, many, many women who are like dicks, you know, mm -hmm. now that I know I can swear, I'm really taking advantage <laughs> that's of gonna, that's, gonna, that's all good. But I think, I think that's a valuable point because that's also something I talked about 
um, with Alma on that one episode, we were kind of debriefing. It was like, right. It was shortly after workbench con. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we were talking and basically I had, I had three women of color. Alma was one of them. And all of them said that there was some fear level that they just stopped them from even like going up and starting to have a conversation with brands. Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't think you should put that on yourself totally, you mm -hmm. know, that you're not brave enough or whatever. I said, but also think about who was at those tables. It was all mm -hmm. men. And to your mm -hmm. point, like, I think that creates the barrier. I would like to see brands recognize that, hey, maybe we should like at least bring along a woman colleague with us to the table. Yeah. At yes. these places, yes. you know, where more people are there. Because I said, I can guarantee you there were men there who have no more than, you know, that probably don't even have a thousand followers that mm -hmm. were walking up to brands and talking the game and walking the walk yeah. and saying, you need to work with me. And they got those deals. And that brand's missing out because they're missing out on you. Like yeah. we bring a unique perspective to a lot of these things. Yes, yes. And, and there the, like are a the, lot of women makers out there who would love to see us. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a vicious circle, you know? Right. Not, not being represented, not feeling you have somebody that you can identify with. And that's, that, that might not, you know, that might lead you to not starting to begin with. You right. know, I had this really cool moment uh, last summer. I have this old shirt that I got on a Christopher Street day or something. It says gay. Okay. And mm -hmm. I, I sometimes wear it because it's just like super comfortable shirt, but I never think about it. Um, so I went to a supermarket in the town that I just moved into with my workshop and it's very, very rural, r rural, but what a yeah. very yeah, hard you word got to it. say. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, yeah, it's, it's rural here. Yeah. <laughs> so I, for some reason, I was very aware of wearing that shirt because, well, for some reason, everybody was staring at me. Um, and I was walking through the supermarket with, I think it was Brad from Skull and Spade and oh. with Hassan from Habu. And we were working, just chatting. And there was this one, one girl, I think she was maybe like 12 or 13. And I kind of got the like, I think you're one of us vibe. Yeah. And she saw the shirt and her jaw just dropped, just dropped. And I was like, that is such a good moment for her. That is yeah. so good for her to see that in this stinking town, like where nobody is diverse <laughs> right. in any way, right. that, that she saw somebody wearing that shirt and not being different. You know, I was there right. with the guys shopping, just, you know, buying some stuff, not doing a big demonstration, not accusing anybody of anything, you know, right. not making yeah. a point, just like being there. Um, and that really changed my perspective. And that, that made me understand a lot of comments that I get like, oh, it's so, it's so important for me what you guys are doing on YouTube. I understand that from my own perspective because very important for me what Simone does on YouTube or what Jimmy does on, mm -hmm. on YouTube, but I never understood it why they would say it to me. Now I, I understand because they're not, not a lot of ladies doing it, you know, no. and that's a, that's a vicious circle. So make us make more makers and more female makers make more female makers. Right. Exactly. That's how it works. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, I know that, uh, I've, I guess I've heard you in April have kept lists before of uh, some of the comments <laughs> that you guys get on YouTube. 
Um, and I can only imagine, uh, but I bring that up because this kind of speaks to the same thing of, you know, I, to be honest, I don't listen to many maker podcasts anymore. I've kind of mm-hmm. uh, gotten out of that circuit of podcasts, but when I was listening, I remember, you know, hearing some of the feedback like uh, Ben Ueda would get and stuff, you know, and he'd get, he'd first get so mad about someone saying something about his idea or how to do it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And Speaking and of emotional, just, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I would just think to myself, I said, yeah, but have you ever had somebody like, see, it's my turn to cuss. Have you ever had somebody call you a fat cunt on mm-hmm, YouTube? Mm-hmm. Because I have. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. the, or, yeah, or exactly. you know, or my cuts are straighter than I am, which I'm kind of like, well, duh. But, <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's actually a good one. <laughs> I know, I know. I was like, I should get that on a shirt or something. But Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yes, that would be a great shirt. <laughs> but, you know, it's still, it's, it is to that point of like, it kind of almost bugs me that they don't that they're in the same making space and they don't see some of the stuff that women makers have to put up with when especially like you or april you know or simone who are getting who are big on Mm -hmm. youtube i'm tiny so i like i mean i get i still get comments and i'm tiny i'm like i can't imagine being you guys well no the the, 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 the the comments don't hurt more when you get bigger. I, I think especially the first one. So you can absolutely speak for that. I remember the first negative comments I got that were like nasty, really nasty, where yeah. I started thinking like I have, there has to be a way to protect myself from this. Otherwise I will not continue. I will not do this. If I, especially in the beginning, I was uh, with the time difference. I would wake up in the middle of the night. Oh, I wonder how my video is doing. And then you, you lay in your bed, like you just woke up and then you read like some, I, I, and that's the thing. Like, I don't even want to repeat it. You know, I don't even want to talk about, and I don't know why that is. And I think sometimes I think we should say these things to make the guys understand like that's a different level of negativity because i i I know exactly what you mean and i i i like ben and he has great he has great concepts and all these things like he's a great maker but he has not seen the negativity and a comment that says like oh your idea is dumb and uh, it looks wrong (laughs) is like that's not even a bad comment man you know (laughs) i i know i think i do think sometimes when i see because uh, I've recently got onto TikTok and I've been having, you know, some success on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at first everything was super positive over there, but eventually, like for whatever reason, some of the ones that have taken off, like me chainsawing a log, mm-hmm. it's all guys commenting and all about how I look, what I'm wearing, uh, that there's no possible way that I'm really cutting wood. They even thought that it was like styrofoam for it to be that straight. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, I mean, and I just think like, man, I would really love a comment that just says I'm doing it wrong. Like mm-hmm. I would just, mm-hmm. you know, yes, like yes. that yeah. I totally would yes. brush off. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that's also something that you can reply to, but there's mm-hmm. no way that I can reply to rape threats. Right. Without, you know, it's like the saying, when you argue with an idiot from the far, nobody will be able to tell who's the idiot, right? right. And that's, that's like the 
comes, what am I supposed to say to that? You know, right. <laughs> but if somebody says like, um, oh, I think your saw blade is a little bit dull. Otherwise your wood wouldn't burn. You know, it's like, oh yeah, you know what? You might be right. Yeah, there's a difference. Um, but there's also like two things. Have you seen the movie Eight Mile? Yeah. Eminem? Yeah. yeah. I love that scene where at the end he's like blah blah i know everything everything yep. that you could possibly say about me you know and that's oh, yeah. that's how that's how i feel like i am bulletproof by now <laughs> and that's a good i actually good thing. i've actually quoted that in know in an instagram really? post i did that last nice. part. um because i think about that too and in yeah. fact in that post i just laid it out i'm like i am queer I am yeah. fat. Yeah. I am like that's, I am all these things. Yeah. Tell me something I don't know about myself. Yeah. Yes. Like, yes. Yes. That's awesome. You oh you man. Can't beat me up any more than I've already. Yep, yep. So yeah. And I think this is a this is something that we have um, we have a head start on that when you compare it to the guys because men never have to question themselves that much. They never get attacked like this, you know. Right. And that's actually in a in a business situation that I had a couple of weeks ago, it was like the same thing as always like, wow, we have to make change. But you know, there are all these old white male, they, yeah. not, they will not, <laughs> they will not accept any change at all, because they're afraid that something gets taken away from them. Right. And I was like, if you ever need somebody who doesn't give a shit, if the whole room hates them, <laughs> please call me. Please call me because I couldn't care less if I'm sitting right. in front of a board of 20 people and they all disagree with me. I do that every day on YouTube. You know, <laughs> I can handle that. <laughs> How? So, I mean, I'm asking, you know, actually kind of just for myself too, but like, how, how do you get to that point where it like, where it stopped stinging, you know, where you stopped like giving a crap what they were saying? Yeah, I mean it's it's probably just a matter of repetition. You get you get, <laughs> you get numb to it. Yeah, and then it's also I mean the it's not the the negative things are so much louder than the positive ones, but the quantity of the positive feedback is so much so much bigger, right? And mm -hmm. little situations like that situation with the girl and the gay okay shirt that makes up for so much, so much because. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's something that, that, that gives me so much energy and so much hope <laughs> and motivates me. Um, and this whole, you know, the, the negativity or the threats and all that stuff, it, um, I, well, I have this policy that says no assholes in my life. And that, that's also for <laughs> negativity in comments, negativity in family, negativity in relationships. I am not, having that i worked so hard to have the dream job the like a job that i love i love everything mm -hmm. about it i'm not going to let them ruin this for me because i enjoy every second of every work day so you know they, they don't they should not have power and they right. it just stopped being powerful mm -hmm. it's annoying and i have to delete it and yeah. you know but then again it's like you know what i should maybe just hire somebody to delete your stupid comments you know <laughs> right <laughs> to read these know. things and delete them yeah. yeah but then again it's not worth it i'd rather pay somebody to do something nice you know yeah exactly <laughs> and exactly. not have like a hate hate manager <laughs> <laughs> do you think there's room for 
especially and and again I'm, I'm not meaning to call out in a negative way but especially for like say the godfather of the mm-hmm. maker community <laughs> to I mean he leads by example a ton but mm-hmm. do you think there's room for or necessity for some of them to come forward and just flat out say this isn't cool like people think, like this are not cool I know I yes I know what you mean but I think it would it would make it worse it's like you have a fight on your schoolyard yeah. and then your yeah. mom shows up and says, I cut it out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> then you're automatically lost and, and right. you will never ever win that battle ever. Right. Um, yeah. It's just, you know, I, I, especially the type of, you know, stuff I listen to and read now as ways of educating myself. Um, it's just kind of been sinking in more and more that perhaps it's not nice enough or it's not good enough anymore for someone who's male to just be a good guy in himself. Mm-hmm. Perhaps it needs to go further, especially because I'm not talking about like blatant things that are said that are horrible, but things that are like grazingly not okay, that are like, mm-hmm. you know, they just don't understand how that could be bad. For mm-hmm. example, the person who said we don't make things with our genitals, he actually didn't mm-hmm. mean that in a bad way at all. He was trying to say, mm-hmm. let our work stand for our work. And I get that. Yeah. But if the males around him don't take a second to say, that actually wasn't cool. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that actually says this to a woman yeah. who could be listening to this podcast. Like, I guess it's just, I think it's time that some of the guys, the good guys step up mm-hmm. and say like, Hey, your behavior reflects bad on me as a male. Mm-hmm. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. So therefore yeah, like, you know, a male to male kind of conversation. Yeah. That's an interesting perspective. I think I don't know. I don't know, to be honest. I think that everybody has to decide that for themselves. Mm-hmm. And hmm, I would think, but that's probably a more sensible perspective. I would think that hearing Jimmy talk for five minutes, every guy would understand like that, that stuff doesn't fly here. I should not, mm-hmm. I should not do that because he's very respectful and right. But yeah, but that's probably like a, a, um, an asset that we have as girls and not, and not so much, you know. Yeah, but that's another thing that I noticed during the, because of the uh, Black Lives Matter riots. Um, I heard a bunch of podcasts and people were like, oh my God, I cannot believe how many followers I lost because of this. And this is crazy. And I got so much, I had to turn off the comments. And I was like, I was fine. You know, I posted stuff. I was fine. You know why? Because I sorted the assholes out a long, long time ago. I sorted them out whenever I post something gay related. I sorted them out because I'm a girl. Some took a little longer to see that. (laughs) I still get comments (laughs) like, what? (laughs) And I I always feel a little bit like a wolf in a sheep clothing. Like, yeah, I'm a girl. And I built that. And you liked it until you understood that I was a girl. (laughs) Girl. (laughs) <laughs> um, 
so maybe that that would be interesting an interesting perspective to to talk to to the guys about it's like it's a good thing that you lose followers you don't want them we don't want right. them we don't want them in our filter bubble we don't want them in the community they should not feel welcome and maybe that would lead to them like thinking what change what what did change like i was fine with everybody now i posted a trump sticker and everybody left like what happened you know maybe they would think about <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's difficult. I think a lot of people are thinking about these issues and how to solve them. Um, and that's, that's a good start to be aware mm -hmm. and to do, to do your thing. Yeah. But also with like, I'm so, I'm super confident in being gay. I never made a secret out of that, but this is not my number one topic. You know, I right. think it's such a thin line. Yes, I'm gay. Yes, I'm a girl. I don't know. But I build stuff and it's sometimes hard for me to like, should I have a giant rainbow flag in my shop or would that take away from, would that also shut up the conversation where it goes like, oh, she's gay, you know, I don't like her, she's gay. Maybe let's like get them to, to watch and then maybe open up and then maybe, you know, understand, oh man, she's, oh, God damn it, she's gay, but she's, you know, she's really good. And maybe they rethink about it. I don't, I don't know. Like there are a million ways to, to look at this, but I have no solution, unfortunately. Well, darn it. I thought you might have all the answers. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, what, what do you think about it? Just to... I think, I think, yeah, to your point, I mean, actually for, for a while, especially around uh, being gay, I, I, I don't want to say I outright hit it, but I definitely was not like really out. Mm -hmm. um, I talked about my kiddos, but I never talked about my wife and mm -hmm. it actually took her kind of stepping up and saying, this kind of hurts. Like, mm -hmm. I'm a big part of your life and nobody knows that I exist, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, you know? <laughs> and mm -hmm. um, so I actually had kind of like a big, I won't say a big, but a, a coming out post type thing where I posted my whole family. And I lost a couple of followers, mm -hmm. you know? That's good, that's and good. Then I, I those. Yeah, and then I had a few people say like, what's it matter? Why did you feel like you even had to share? And so then I had to, again, inform them, mm -hmm. like, representation matters. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. And I think that's the bottom line. Um, and I'm, I'm working on the festival catalog, too. <laughs> like, I want, I want this to change. Because <laughs> that's, that's the little, the little world that we are in, where that stuff just matters, you know, it matters. So. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we're at the end of our time. Yeah. So thanks for chatting with me. Sure. And again, if for whatever reason, if somebody just moved here from like Mars and doesn't know who you are, <laughs> how can they find you on social media? Um, I think the best way is to Google Laura Kampf, K-A-M-P-F, <laughs> and then you will find my YouTube um, and my Insta. That's where I'm most active. Yeah. Uh, if, if you happen to be German, then I have a podcast called Rabe and Kampf. So <laughs> you nice. can check that out too. Yeah, but it's in German. <laughs> I don't speak German or understand it. So yeah, I'm out of that. <laughs> what's the, what's the pod, what do you talk about on the podcast? 
about being uh, self-employed. She's uh, my friend that I do it with. She is a best-selling author. We actually went to the same school. It's really cool. And uh, she's, a, she's a woman of color. So that's really nice to get her perspective. It, it makes me a little bit more sens sensitive for, for all of these topics. And yeah, so she's a writer. I'm a maker. We're both self-employed in a creative field. And that's what, what we usually talk about. All right. So again, that was Laura Kempf, uh, originally aired as episode 11 of the Wonder Women series. So I'll include links back to that episode and how you can follow along with Laura in the description uh, for the podcast episode. You can also find that at freemanfurnishings.com forward slash podcast. Um, now, if you are enjoying the podcast, please make sure that you hit subscribe hit that like button, share it out with others, go over to iTunes, leave a five-star review. All of that helps the algorithms know that not only you enjoy this podcast, but others like you may enjoy it as well. And that really just helps the podcast out tremendously. Plus, uh, especially when you share it on Instagram, if you follow the podcast at Maker Mom Podcast, make sure that you tag, uh, that share in your stories or your feed. I love seeing those. Uh, I really, really appreciate that. Make sure you also check out Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Maker Mom Podcast. There's four different tier levels over there you can check out with different, various different types of merchandise, which I am steadily working through getting all the patrons their merchandise now as we get towards the end of the year. <clears throat> And plus, it gets you access to any additional content out there. Right now, sitting at 16 patrons, love you all so very much and greatly appreciate your support. I am hoping to get to 25. That is my next level goal that I'm working at that can help me uh, hire somebody to help edit and produce the episodes. Um, I'm sure you can imagine it takes a great deal of time and I really want my time to be focused on reaching out and and lining up more and more people to have on as guests. Um, so once I hit that 25 patron point, uh, no matter what level they're at, that will help uh, make it so that that's possible financially to hire that out. So please, please, please consider checking that out and joining the tribe over there. And also, if you haven't heard or seen yet, there is both Maker Mom logo swag and Wonder Women series swag that comes in the forms of t-shirts and coffee mugs and face masks, um, all of it available. It's all going through Teespring now. I switched um, over to Teespring to do that type of gear. Uh, so you can find the link to that in my bio over at Maker Mom Podcast on Instagram. Now, when I am not interviewing and editing and putting out podcasts, you can find me designing and making furniture and other home decor under freemanfurnishings.com or at freemanfurnishings across all of the social media like YouTube and Instagram and TikTok and LinkedIn and Facebook. You will find me most active though on Instagram and TikTok. I pretty much post to those daily and uh, that's an ongoing, I guess, journal, if you will, of what I have going on in the shop. Recently, there are lots of posts around what uh, my wife and I have been making our kids for Christmas. Uh, that 
it is woodworking, I promise you, but it's a little bit uh, of a different flavor just because they're gifts. But would love to see you over there. Make sure you say hi and that you listen to the podcast. I love hearing about how you found out about it and uh, what you're enjoying, what you would like to see changed, uh, who's your favorite guest, all that good jazz. All right, so it is Wednesday. It is the Wednesday of Christmas week. Um, So those of you who celebrate Christmas may be in a mad rush, like uh, we are getting presents finished up. Um, Those of you who don't celebrate still may be in a mad rush just because it is that time of year. Um, All right, I will see you on Friday with another highlight episode. Uh, Until then, have a good one. See you later. Ready for